Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Thanks for your company here on the Overnight Crowd. 1300 736 736 is the open line. Or you can text in on 0433981116. It is or it was International Women's Day on the 8th of March. And on this day two years ago, our Aussie women had 86,000 people packing the MCG uh, in the ICC Women's T20 final. And there's kind of a bit of synergy because our Aussie women were in action again on International Women's Day. This time it was against Pakistan in the one-day World Cup over in New Zealand. And joining us to go through everything from that game, as well as a little bit from the Pakistan-Australia Test match, we've got John Oberok. How are you today, John? Thank you for joining our uh, overnight crowd once again. Thanks for having me back, Jen. It's it's been great to be able to watch plenty of cricket over the last week and a bit over across the ditch and <laughs> over in Pakistan. And even just you mentioning it's two years since that magical day at the MCG there. See, being there in the stands, it was a really, really special day and seeing um, an Elisa Healy clinic and then Australia really took India to the sword with the ball and Came came home the winners and then had the ultimate party of dancing on stage with Katy Perry. It was a fantastic day. It was a brilliant day. I was there and I don't think I'll ever forget the moment either. So uh, in the World Cup currently, Australia, they've now marched to two wins from two. They had a fairly um, easy match, I suppose, against Pakistan. Uh, we bowled first, Pakistan six for 190, and then Australian response uh, three for 193. Uh, we passed the total in the 35th over, so a fairly easy chase, but we, we didn't manage to bowl Pakistan out. No, no, they didn't. And it's kind of been kind of been a theme that's starting to emerge with this Australian women's team mm. and um, ICC one-day World Cups. It happened in the last event in the semi-final with um, Haman Kaur and what yeah. she managed to do. And it also happened in the first game against England. And un- they went on to win the game just against England. But and when, but Nat Siva got on a bit of a roll and hit an unbeaten century towards the end, almost getting England across the line. And even today, although the early wickets um, really helped Australia in stunting Pakistan, they never, they never really got any flow into the innings, but the skipper, Bisma Marus, who's a fantastic story in herself, you know, coming back from maternity leave to captain Pakistan and made 78 not out of 122 balls. Mm. She was a real born in the Australian side, and as much as Australia kept on stunting Pakistan and making sure that they could only really go at two and a half, three runs and over... They still run it. They're still running into this trap where they can't seem to 
get the wicket that they absolutely need to get. So yeah. as much as they're making incisions at the other end, there's one big wicket that they're just not able to get and prize out. And it, it's okay that it's happening early in the tournament. Beth Mooney said yesterday before the game that they're really mindful that they don't want to peak too early and they want to make sure that they're getting 100% right by the pointy end of the competition. But it's just something to watch out for, particularly in the next couple of games against the West Indies and New Zealand. Uh, Australia made a few changes to the lineup. We went spin heavy, uh, bringing in Amanda Jade Wellington, so another leggy to join Alana King and uh, Jess Jonathan. So all players then that take the ball away from the right-hander. But good to see Australia actually looking to use the early stages to actually use their player roster as well. Yeah, 100%. And again, it's it speaks to Australia's enviable depth that they're able to take Talia McGrath out and bring in someone like a Nicola Carey or an Amanda Jade Wellington who hasn't played for Australia since 2018 mm-hmm. but has performed so well in WBBL cricket and for Australia A and comes in and immediately takes takes a wicket. So being able to use most of their squad, Ashley Gardner's still obviously missing through COVID, but Heather Graham's been temporarily upgraded to the rest of the squad. But Again, and the fact that seven bowlers got got a run and most of them had pretty good days, all contributing with wickets. And even Jess Jonathan, who bowled the 10, 10 overs, bounced back from last game and was pretty economical at going at three and a half and over. And then in the chase, it was good to see Healy and Haynes get off to a, a nice opening partnership, uh, a 60-run partnership for them uh, at, at a good rate of knots as well. Haynes falling 34 off 34 deliveries and Healy, she made 72 off 79, but it's good to see Healy getting some time in the middle and seeming to find the middle of that kookaburra bat. Yeah, absolutely. Rach Haynes just continued where she left off against England, where she made a beautiful hundred during that game. And Alicia Healy, as you said, it's great to see her get going, especially in full flight. You mentioned the game two years ago at the MCG and what she did that night and just to see her making runs, flushing the kookaburra everywhere at um, Tolaranga, Mount Monganui, and just really good to see. She made 72, hold out in the deep when Australia were just about home. So it's great to see her. She would have loved to spend some time in the middle and all the Australian batters that got out, you know, Healy made runs, Haydens made runs, Meg Lanning, and even Elise Perry got some much-needed time in the middle, which she would have absolutely enjoyed. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, you're right. So it was Lanning 35 from 37, balls faced. Uh, Perry and Mooney were not out. Perry 26 from 33 and Mooney 23 from 26. So the top order all getting a chance to get a bit more going in the conditions. I think they now change locations. Uh, They've been spoilt rotten because they're probably playing in one of the most beautiful places on earth currently from the looks of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the South Island of New Zealand, but there are not, not many more beautiful places on this earth than, than, than there. Yeah. It's, yeah, so they've been pretty lucky. You can see on their downtime, they've been enjoying going on hikes and going out in the kayaks and all these sorts of things. So they've, they've got the balance right from the look of it of this so far, this tour uh, from bubble life to also enjoying life. Uh, who do they face next, our Aussie women? What's, up, what's game number three for them? 
So they moved to Wellington and they're taking on New Zealand. Um, that's on March 13th. Um, it's a day game and they stay in Wellington for a couple of games against the play against the West Indies before the big trip up to Eden Park um, against India, which will, all, they're always a fascinating contest between Australia and in India. You remember mm. earlier in September up in Mackay, India snapped Australia's losing streak. So, they'd be wanting to get some revenge on them. And that'll be an interesting one as well, just the New Zealand game in the sense that New Zealand, having already dropped one game to West Indies, uh, we know they toweled up Australia in a great chase in the warm-up game, but it, you know, leave that aside because probably some matchups weren't there. That's a danger game for New Zealand. They don't want to um, have a couple of losses. They probably really would prefer to get a win over Australia and, and make sure they're both sharing the one loss so far. For them, it's just about backing backing up their amazing series that they had against India and I guess also showing that that warm-up game performance against Australia wasn't a fluke. It was, um, we, we spoke last week how whether it was just a warm-up game, but no one had really done that to Australia. So okay. it's in a long time. So it's just waiting to see if they can show that they are the real deal and put up a fight in their home tournament. So it is a big game for New Zealand and Australia versus New Zealand. It doesn't matter what sport. They're always, they're always massive contests. So it will be exciting. And it's been a pretty good start to this Women's World Cup. We've seen four fantastic centuries um, across the tournament already and the cricket's been played at a great level. So I'm really enjoying this and hopefully for an Australian point of view, the girls can keep on winning and we just keep on getting treated to some great cricket. I couldn't agree with you more. If we take a step back domestically, the WNCL games that were due to be played on Tuesday, uh, Victoria versus Western Australia, that was match abandoned without a ball bowled, um, as was the Breakers, New South Wales Breakers, that is, versus the South Australian Scorpions uh, due to just that horrendous weather event that's occurring across the East Coast. It also affected the men's Marsh One Day Cup. The Blues didn't take on South Australia. One game got on at uh, Junction Oval in St Kilda, and that was WA uh, winning over Victoria and securing the spot in the final. So it will be a uh, WA versus New South Wales Marsh Cup domestic final, won't it? Yeah, well, it's a repeat of the final from last year, and you just look at the team list of that WA <laughs> team. I think all of them had represented Australia at some point recently or throughout their career. I know Victoria had the likes of um, Aaron Finch and Glenn Maxwell in their side, who are no mugs themselves, but it's a young, rebuilding Victorian side against the might of Western Australia, who are in another final, and they're... They, they should get it done, I think. They, they're my pick to get it done. And going across to what is a unique and rare occurrence, we've, we had Australia women play Pakistan women and we've got the Australian men playing the Pakistani men in that first test. Uh, your thoughts on the pitch, did it just not uh, you know, disintegrate like it should have? Um, did we read it wrong? But a match that had over you know, 1,000 runs scored and just nowhere near enough wickets taken – probably ended up being a bit of a disappointment for the fans. Well, if if this game were being played at the MCG or the SCG and got served up the pitch that we've seen in Ralping, it would be front-page news. It would be back-page news yeah. and just talking about it and how 
unfortunate the situation is. And it, again, it's just how unfortunate has this situation been for um, everyone who's been looking forward to this test match for 24 years and to have the pitch that we've been able to get. Australia's didn't manage to take a lot of wickets. So yeah. it's been hard going for the Australians, but you'd have to say that Pakistan have really had had the upper hand here and by virtue of the fact that they've been able to keep the Australian bowlers in the field for 150 overs and then over 80 overs at a time, really getting some miles into the legs of the Australian quick bowlers and really tiring them out. So with a short turnaround, you can definitely expect changes to that starting 11 come the first ball in Karachi. Yeah, I think we probably will discuss with the overnight crowders. We might get everyone to text in what changes they would make to the Australian 11 16 Before I let you go, one thing that I did notice uh, was late during the third session, uh, Nathan Lyon was bowling to the left-hander and Alex Carey as the keeper was setting up outside leg stump. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. It's kind of it's kind of like what Rizwan was doing um, yesterday when Numan Ali was bowling mm. and he was really trying to um, buy some wickets there and managed to get um, Cameron Green and Steve Smith just playing um, ranked shots across the line, <laughs> getting strangled down the leg side. So maybe that's the tactic that they were trying to look for, particularly with the part-timers on and Nathan Lyon as well, who's hasn't had a greatest test match. Hasn't had the greatest test match, Nathan Lyon, but is certainly skilled and savvy and knows what he's trying to do. So it's definitely one to watch for. I'm I'm a big watch on Alex Carey. I wonder what the listeners think about him and his place in the side moving forward. Um, still yet to take a catch to a spin out to the stumps or make a stumping at test level in his sixth test. So um, the honeymoon period for him. Definitely over, and he definitely needs a big test in Karachi, or it might be Josh English time. He, I don't think his place is 100% safe. That's an interesting uh, stat you've thrown up there. Jono, thank you so much for your time. We've probably taken up too much of it here on the Overnight Crowd, but we really appreciate you joining us tonight and look forward to chatting a little bit more next week. Anytime, Jen. Looking forward to it. Jono Baruch, our inner sanctum expert on all things cricket, women's cricket, and of course, the men's cricket. Uh, let's chat more about what changes you would make for the second test over in Pakistan. 0433981116 is the text line. Get your thoughts in or call me on 1300 736 736. You're on the overnight crowd. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.